Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Well, one of my goals here is to point out political hacks who deceive their constituents. And in my view, under, undermine patriotic constitutionalists here and all over the country. And what such, And one such individual is... A guy, Andy Biggs, from Arizona. Most of you never heard of him before. He appears on cable TV from time to time with that goofball look. He's barely able to complete sentences. Nonetheless, he's announced his candidacy against Kevin McCarthy for speaker. He and his staff are very busy on Instagram and Twitter posting stuff. Looking at my social media background, that shows you how busy he is as a public servant. And I'm going to get into that in some detail. We also have uh, Mark Meckler coming on the program in Hour 3, founder and leader of the Convention of States movement. So you can learn more about Andy Biggs. Andy Biggs also voted for the Rhino, for the Whip of the House of Representatives against Jim Banks, far more conservative, and uh, far more, in terms of this audience, representative of this audience. But Biggs thinks that because he's a big-time congressman and he knows how to tweet and his staff knows how to put pictures together, that they're going to chase me off. No, Biggs, you're on my radar forever. And the people in Biggs's district need to understand exactly who this man is. I don't back everything Kevin McCarthy has done. In fact, I've been a very strong critic of Kevin McCarthy in the past. 
It doesn't take a brain surgeon or a rocket scientist to look at my social media to see I've been very tough, very tough on Kevin McCarthy. That has nothing to do with this. McConnell's running away with the agenda. Romney and Susan Collins are running away with the agenda. Nancy Pelosi wants to push an omnibus bill. The border is wide open. We can't get these committees organized in the House of Representatives. And the moderate to liberal Republicans and some Democrats are already working behind the scenes to see if they can exploit this situation that's been created by bigs. I don't know if McCarthy will turn out to be the greatest speaker in American history, the worst speaker in American history. That can be dealt with after the fact. But right now, Biggs is deceiving his constituents, deceiving the American people, that he has some plan to go forward to install Jim Jordan or some other conservative. But Jim Jordan is backing Kevin McCarthy. Donald Trump is backing Kevin McCarthy. Newt Gingrich is backing Kevin McCarthy. Charlie Kirk is backing Kevin McCarthy. Not necessarily because they agree with him on all all issues. They don't. I don't. It's because we're rational. Conservatives. Constitutionalists. We're losing our country. It's unraveling. And Andy Biggs is not the answer. And he doesn't have any answers. He's a moron. He's an imbecile. Let's see how he draws attention to himself by creating drama. Does anybody know what Andy Biggs has ever done that's significant or profound? Anything he's ever said or written that's important? No. He's a bleeding hemorrhoid on the body politic. A phony and a fake and a fraud, in my humble opinion. And we'll have Mark Meckler here in hour three, but let me give you an example. There are five and a half million people, at a minimum, who provided their names and email addresses and addresses through a convention of states, who have embraced the Constitution in Article 5 and what George Mason proposed a couple days before the end of the Constitutional Convention. It was ratified by every state. And the bottom line is this, as you know, better than Biggs. We can't rely on Congress to fix what Congress has created. We can't rely on the federal government to fix what the federal government has created. George Mason understood this, as did the other framers, as did those who ratified the Constitution. Article 5 provides two ways for amending the Constitution. One is through Congress, and they don't use that method anymore. They just do it. Biden does it. The courts do it. And the others through the state legislatures. And it's not an easy, an easy process. You need four, 34 state legislatures, not states, state legislatures. To agree on language, to amend certain aspects of the Constitution. And if you get 34 states passing resolutions to do so, then the, the request for a convention, not a constitutional convention, ignoramuses say that, like Biggs, because he's trying to scare you, like the left is trying to scare you. But a meeting, like the states used to have, they used to send representatives, states used to meet with states, that's what this is. Where do you think George Mason got it from? And that goes back even before the Constitution. 
But you still need 38 state legislatures, either through direct votes or conventions, to ratify, just like you do with Congress. There can be no runaway convention. 38 states. That means only 13 states are needed to block. So it's not easy. It's very difficult. We have 19 states now. Arizona, for the longest time, wanted to pass this resolution. And Arizona, for the longest time, was poised to pass this resolution. But for one man, who was then the president of the state senate, Andy Biggs. He blocked the votes from taking place. He would not allow his colleagues to vote on it. So clearly he doesn't believe in representative government, nor does he believe in federalism. He says, just elect conservatives to Washington and they'll fix what's broken. Just appoint leaders, they'll fix what's broken. No, they won't. No, they won't. And so there's this mechanism that's provided in the Constitution, as we constitutionalists know. And Biggs, as well as many on the left, and many professors in the law schools say, no, don't use it. Don't use it, don't use it. Why? Because they're perfectly happy with the ongoing constitutional convention in Congress, the ongoing constitutional convention at the Supreme Court, the ongoing constitutional convention in the Oval Office with Biden, where they have abused and in many respects destroyed our Constitution. This is a way to push back where we the people have a say through our state legislatures. Nineteen conservative state legislatures have said yes. Biggs blocked the vote in Arizona in the state Senate. Biggs decided that he was qualified to be a congressman. He was qualified to move on, given his fantastic record. So he gets elected to the House of Representatives. Very soon thereafter, the new president of the Senate allows a vote. And the Convention of States resolution passes immediately. This is the man that wants to be speaker. This is the man that says everybody else isn't as conservative as he is. Everybody else isn't conservative enough. Before the past few weeks, when I was trying to figure out what it is exactly that these five boneheads are doing, and nobody's been able to really figure it out other than they want some rules changes, great. But there's a time for that, and that time is up. That time is up. How many of you think Kevin McCarthy is the most conservative member of the House? I don't. Do you? Do you? And yet more than Boehner, more than Paul Ryan, more than all of them, he's reached out to the Freedom Caucus. How do I know? Freedom Caucus members have contacted me. Several of them have condemned Biggs to me in my ear. Have condemned him. He doesn't even have complete support among conservatives. So he's been exposed. He's been getting away with this for a while. Now he's been exposed. So he's on Twitter. You ought to read his Twitter stuff. He's firing off shots. He's very upset. My support to get this done is to get these committees underway. 
is to get Jim Jordan running one of these committees, is to get Comer going. These guys, they can't put together what they need to put together. They have to hit the ground running. Meanwhile, McConnell's hit the ground running on the anti-religion marriage act, on omnibus spending, where he may have to back off because of criticism we have brought here, on open borders and the rest. We can't rely on the Senate to get these things done. They're not going to do it. The impeachment of the secretary of DHS. None of this can be undertaken. The ground cannot be laid, and it needs to be prior to January 3rd. Prior to January 3rd. Ask Jim Jordan. Ask Comer. Ask them all. And there are going to be challenges to the various committee chairmen. There's a lot of bureaucracy that goes on here. But for Biggs, this is about him. This is about narcissism. This is about self-aggrandizement. But for the drama that he and these others have created, most of the people, you, wouldn't even know who they are. There was a race for whip in the Republican caucus. Came down to three members. But it really came down to two. Jim Banks, head of the Republican Study Committee, a conservative group, He's from Indiana. You've seen him. Very impressive. And this guy, Emmer. Emmer was in charge of electing Republicans to the House. How did he do? Emmer's a moderate, or worse. He supported that anti-religion bill they voted on, calling it a marriage bill. Among other things. It's from Minnesota. Nothing personal against the man. Nothing. But Biggs publicly came out and said he's voting for Amher over Banks. Now think of the hypocrisy here. He says, no, 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 I'm taking on McCarthy. He's not conservative enough, like me. But then he votes for the rhino against Banks for one of the top leadership positions. And the rhino won. I don't think Amher would mind me calling him a rhino. He is what he is, and he's proud of it. And he's proud of it. So that's the foundation that's laid. And you can see, in a very childish way, Biggs and his staff are lashing out. Lashing out. Mark Levin is the biggest fraud in politics today. I'm not in politics, you idiot. I comment on politics. I give my opinion. The Biggs is a political hack, and his Arizona constituents have been misled by him long enough. And he tried but failed to do grave damage to patriotic constitutionalists all across the country. And his tweets won't change it. And his tweets won't stop me. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, our great nation was founded on the principle of all men are created equal. But far too many of our nation's colleges and universities, including those in the so-called Ivy League, continue to insist on using race as a factor for admissions. 
and the Supreme Court is deciding a case on this subject right now. But there's a unique American college that doesn't discriminate based on race. It never has, and it never will. And it's my favorite college, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale was founded in 1844 to educate, quote, all persons, irrespective of nationality, color, or sex, unquote. It continues that policy today, admitting students on the strength of their character, ability, and intentions, not their heritage or background. My friend Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College, recently published an article explaining Hillsdale's colorblind policies and its related refusal of government funding, even indirectly in the form of federal student aid. Read it for yourself at levinforhillsdale.com. And after you read it, you may even want to support Hillsdale with a year-end gift. So please go read Dr. Arn's article today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Notice also the typical Washington politician trick. Mr. Producer, am I arguing that Kevin McCarthy's the great conservative? When have I said that? So who's the great conservative taking them on that can win? So realizing that's not going to happen and that we need to get these committees going and they need to be ready on day one. And then we have huge problems realizing that the majority is so slim, so slim, that a moderate, a true left of center guy like Fred Upton, who they're talking about, could slip into the speaker's slot if you have just a handful of rhinos playing games with the Democrats. That you can't let this quote unquote process play out because you don't know how it's going to get realizing all these things. Biggs is incoherent. So you know, I'm not, I'm not arguing that Kevin McCarthy is Mr. Conservative. Fact. I'm not arguing that Biggs is Mr. Conservative. So should he become Speaker and should he do this, that, and the other? Nothing stops me from criticizing him. I'm not on committee assignments. He even posted something today somebody told me because I don't get Instagram, I don't watch it. What did Kevin McCarthy give me, Mr. Producer? What did he give me? Again, this is how a Washington swampy political hack conducts himself. This guy's been in politics for over 20 years. I'm not in politics. But he wants you to believe he's something that he's not. And most of his colleagues even know it. He's a useful idiot. I've got a lot more to say on a lot of other issues, and I'm going to move on. I'll be right back. Folks, our great nation was founded on the principle of all men are created equal. But far too many of our nation's colleges and universities, including those in the so-called Ivy League, continue to insist on using race as a factor for admissions. And the Supreme Court is deciding a case on this subject right now. But there's a unique American college that doesn't discriminate based on race. It never has, and it never will. And it's my favorite college, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale was founded in 1844 to educate, quote, all persons, irrespective of nationality, color, or sex, unquote. It continues that policy today, admitting students on the strength of their character, ability, and intentions, not their heritage or background. 
My friend Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College, recently published an article explaining Hillsdale's colorblind policies and its related refusal of government funding, even indirectly in the form of federal student aid. Read it for yourself at levinforhillsdale.com. And after you read it, you may even want to support Hillsdale with a year-end gift. So please go read Dr. Arn's article today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. The new American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. Well, there's a lot of noise in the media today, but for the wrong reason. For the wrong reason. A jury in New York City, in Manhattan to be specific, uh, has found the Trump Organization... And he subsidiary guilty of 17 counts of tax violations. Conspiracy, falsifying business records, according to the New York Times. Over a 15-year period. Now, this is where the CFO uh, pled guilty uh, to receiving certain types of benefits. And at no time, at no time, did he specifically accuse... Donald Trump or any of his family members of participation in the process. But the prosecutor continued to hammer away Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Trump company, Trump company, Trump organization, on and on and on and on. Now, what is a jury of your peers, ladies and gentlemen? What is that? It's in the Constitution. What is a jury of your peers? You know, rightly so, that phrase means, you know, you can't just have an all-white jury somewhere, you know, that, uh, that is only allowed to be an all-white jury when you have a black defendant. But how is a Trump person or Trump entity to get a jury of its or their peers in Manhattan? In Washington, D.C. It's quite clear that the politics of the jury and the, the party membership of the jurors is very hostile to Donald Trump and Trump entities. So these prosecutors know this, whether they're a district attorney, like this guy Alvin Bragg, a radical leftist Soros uh, judge, excuse me, uh, prosecutor. Or in Washington, D.C., the U.S. Attorney Graves, who's another radical leftist dressed up as a prosecutor. So how do you get a fair trial with a jury of your peers? You don't. And if the shoe were on the other foot, it would be mentioned. Instead... The reporting that came out tonight that I watched, even by friendlies, supposedly, goes on about the conviction, the company, the number of years. But don't worry, it's not the Trumps. But that might empower this guy Bragg, this Soros prosecutor, maybe to go after some of the Trumps. Then we bring in a former federal analyst, former federal prosecutor who's now an analyst, 
Now the Trump Corporation is a convicted tax cheat, making it difficult for them to do business. Again, no mention. No mention of the circumstances. None. I don't know what we can do about this, but you're watching it day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. Next will be Georgia in Atlanta with a Democrat DA. Next may be Washington with a Democrat administration, a Democrat U.S. attorney with a Democrat jury. And nobody talks about civil liberties. Nobody. And in this regard, I want to tell you about something else that's going on here. And that involves the new special counsel. Nothing really special about the guy, just another Democrat hack who, uh, who doesn't have to confront any kinds of challenges and so forth. This Democrat hack, by the name of Smith, Jack Smith, has issued subpoenas for state officials, including elected officials, in Arizona, Michigan, and Wisconsin. And what they want are all the communications that took place with Trump and his people. Anybody know why that's a problem? Now, look how many reporters the Washington Compost has on this. Amy Gardner, Isaac Stanley Becker, Yvonne Wright Sanchez, and Patrick Marley. Special Counsel Jack Smith has subpoenaed local officials in Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, three states that were central to former President Donald Trump's failed plan to stay in power following the 2020 election for any and all communications with Trump, his campaign, and a long list of aides and allies. Now, that sentence is poison. That's not reporting that he wanted to stay in office. He was challenging an election. Why is a special counsel or a federal prosecutor in Washington, D.C. free to gather those kinds of communications? Because Mark, he may have committed a crime. What crime? What crime? The request for records arrived in Dane County, Wisconsin, Maricopa County, Arizona, Wayne County, Michigan, late last week. And in Milwaukee on Monday, officials said they're among the first known subpoenas issued by Smith. The subpoenas, at least three of which are dated November 22, show that Smith is extending the department's examination of the circumstances leading up to the Capitol attack to include local election officials and their potential interaction with the former president and his representatives. The virtually identical request to Arizona Wisconsin named Trump individually and additional employees, agents, attorneys for his campaign. Details of the Michigan subpoena confirmed by Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson were not immediately available. And it goes on. So now we have a criminal entity that is appointed by the Biden administration going to basically Republican officials 
to gather all communications between them and the president, the president's lawyers, the president's campaigns, campaign aides, and so forth. What do you think the founding fathers and the framers of the Constitution would say about this? What do you think they would say? I think they'd say this is a disaster. And so what are they trying to do in Washington? Ladies and gentlemen, they're trying to show a massive case, circumstantial, but look for any words, any sentences, any communications of any kind that can create an appearance. An appearance of some kind of lawless act. That's what they're doing. If you had evidence that Donald Trump was involved in some coup effort, or you had evidence that Donald Trump was involved in some insurrection, you wouldn't need all this information. You wouldn't need all these subpoenas. And on top of it, the January 6th committee, which is filled with political hacks, they announced today that they will be making criminal referrals. So... As I said all along, <clears throat> the uh, Congress has been conducting itself as, as a rogue grand jury filled with prosecutors, if you will. Gathering information, not for the purpose of legislating, not for the purpose of actually finding out why the building wasn't secure at the Capitol, but for the purpose of criminalizing their opponents. So you have Democrats and never Trumpers on the committee. You have Democrats in the U.S. Attorney's Office, none of whom can be trusted. Ask the parents of the country. Ask the pro-lifers in the country. And I don't know what we do about it. How many people are even talking this way to you? People, conservatives, many of them are just tired of talking about this stuff. I'm tired of talking about this stuff, but what am I supposed to do? This is a big deal. All of a sudden, one day, you're going to be presented in the media with indictments. That's my fear, either in New York or Georgia and Washington or all of them. They'll have the legal analysts on who will get it all wrong. They'll miss the best big picture. And still no special counsel for the Biden crime family. Oh, and by the way, Susan Collins and Mitt Romney have announced that they will not support an impeachment effort against Mayorkas. Isn't that his name, Mr. Producer, or whatever his name is? The head of the Department of Homeland Security. The House impeaches, they will not support it. That's how Republicans conduct themselves. You'd never hear a Democrat say, we're not going to vote to remove a president on that stupid phone call? No. All in. The chorus. And the Republicans wonder why they lose elections. It's because of people like Collins and Romney. It's because of people like McConnell. You dispirit Republicans. You dispirit the base. You pay tens of millions of dollars for pollsters, for groups that are run by the likes of Carl Rove or others, and I'm not picking on him specifically, he's just a perfect example. And you lose. You blame the team party, you blame MAGA, you never blame yourselves. You're never circumspect. And you never will be. That's why 
Mitch McConnell is the most despised Republican by Republicans in the country. And yet he's the most popular Republican by media, even so-called friendly media in Washington, D.C. Go figure. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, our great nation was founded on the principle of all men are created equal. But far too many of our nation's colleges and universities, including those in the so-called Ivy League, continue to insist on using race as a factor for admissions. And the Supreme Court is deciding a case on this subject right now. But there's a unique American college that doesn't discriminate based on race. It never has, and it never will. And it's my favorite college, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale was founded in 1844 to educate, quote, all persons, irrespective of nationality, color, or sex, unquote. It continues that policy today, admitting students on the strength of their character, ability, and intentions, not their heritage or background. My friend Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College, recently published an article explaining Hillsdale's colorblind policies and its related refusal of government funding, even indirectly in the form of federal student aid. Read it for yourself at levinforhillsdale.com. And after you read it, you may even want to support Hillsdale with a year-end gift. So please go read Dr. Arn's article today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. So here's my question, America. What communications did the Biden campaign have with Democrats in the state legislature? With Democrats in the governorships? With Democrats as secretaries of state? What communications did they have? Well, it doesn't matter. They're not being investigated. Well, what would they be investigated for? Oh, they didn't have any plans? In case there was a close election? I mean, their slip and fall lawyers were everywhere. Incidentally, the polls in Georgia close soon, and we'll be all over it, so don't worry about that. I'm not sure we'll have results by the end of the show, but we'll be monitoring all the sites. But this is very important. It is, isn't it? What coordination was there with the Democrat Party and Black Lives Matter? Any? Was there any? They're never going to look. Just like they're never going to look at Joe Biden, which is why we need to get these committees up and ready to go and stop following these false prophets who claim to be conservative. Certainly Biggs is not. So this is very important. So if you were to look at the texts of Nancy Pelosi and her staff and the communications prior to January 6th, during and after January 6th, and her communications with committee members on January 6th, what would we find? I bet we would find a lot, don't you? But it's all one-sided. You can get attorney information from anybody who's on the Republican side who you want to make allegations against, anybody who's been communicated with, might get subpoenas from Congress, might get subpoenas from a U.S. Attorney's Office, special counsel, mind you. But the other side doesn't have to fear anything. 
No investigations, no subpoenas, nothing. Nothing. No investigations. Ever. Isn't that amazing? You think the Democrats just sat back and they weren't plotting and planning to challenge an election? Of the results of an election, we know they did that on the floor. In 2000 and 2004 and 2016, how about in the secrecy of their little text messages and conversations and so forth? Well, you better believe they did. Well, why don't we get any of that? And why would we need it? To show that this is rather commonplace, actually. Actually. There's been a lot of talk about anti-Semitism lately, but mostly about Trump and anti-Semitism, which is really kind of a sickening irony when you think about it, particularly the Democrat Party. Well, the Biden administration has just nominated somebody to be ambassador to Brazil who's an anti-Semite. I didn't read about this on Mediate. I didn't read about this on Drudge or any of the other fraudulent aggregator sites. I didn't read about it anywhere but at the Free Beacon. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. One of the things I've been telling you that is that uh, one of the reasons the Republicans got three and a half million more votes and yet didn't win more seats in the House of Representatives is due to redistricting. Outside of Florida and New York, we didn't succeed very well in redistricting. One of the people who had been assigned to that task was Karl Rove. He didn't do a very good job. Always seems like these are the same people who show up and don't do a very good job. When this was happening, we we rang the bell here about our concern about what was going on, but that's all I can do. So Eric Holder was on Face the Nation. And I want you to hear what he had to say, because people are asking, why, why didn't we win more House seats? One of the main reasons is redistricting. We didn't take advantage of what we could have. That's why. It's also why the Speaker of the House of North Carolina brought a lawsuit against his state Supreme Court that's in the federal Supreme Court. And it's why the left and the media and these phony law professors are jumping up and down about how this can change America if the state legislatures have the final say. Well, if that's the case, it should change America because that's what's in our Constitution. Isn't it amazing to hear McConnell and others going, Trump is not qualified to be president because he talked about suspending the Constitution. That's not what he meant. We all know what he meant. But that said, 
the Constitution's being shredded every damn day. This is just the latest. Where state courts take over the process that's set out for the state legislatures. Now, of course, there won't be any investigation into this. There won't be any subpoenas into this because the very people doing it are supported by these prosecutors. They're the Democrats. You know, they get somebody like Merrick Garland. We get somebody like Bill Barr. You get the difference, Mr. Producer? So here's Eric Holder on Deface the Nation with Margaret Brennan, who's a real loser. Cut four, go. I read a quote from you in the Washington Post that said the work you've been doing on redistricting has paid off in the most recent midterms. Um, Do you think that your legal battles will help Democrats make gains in 2024? What are you trying to say there? So let's stop here. So why is this being ignored specifically by the media that we consider our media? Have you heard anyone talk about it? Have you noticed it's being ignored by Mitch McConnell completely? Have you noticed it's being ignored by the, the paid operatives and pollsters completely? Why? Because that means the Republican establishment and these Republican legislatures didn't do their job. It had nothing to do with Trump. Those guys that get on Twitter who keep reinforcing their own arguments. We had three and a half million more votes than the Democrats for the House races. That doesn't sound like we should have been a tepid. Doesn't sound like our sounds like our victory should have been much bigger, right? So we're sitting here scratching our heads and we hear of all people, Frank Luntz mentioned this, but nobody caught it but me. And I looked into it and he's 100% right for once. All the commentators on TV are wrong. All the finger pointers are wrong. All the McConnell and his ilk types are wrong. Wall Street Journal's wrong. National Review's wrong. They don't even write about this. Now Holder's bragging about it. And they still don't write about it. Even the, It's even in the Washington Post. But it's not in the conservative so-called media. They're never Trumper media. So what does Holder say? Go yeah, I think that what we have seen, uh, there have been studies that said that we have had the most fair uh, redistricting process in the last 40 years as a result of the work that we've done. 75 percent. Go. He goes on and rambles, but that doesn't matter. Well, I should. We, it's his last sentence that matters, too. Go ahead. Considered to be fair, which also means that 25 percent of it is unfair, and that is still problematic. Uh, I think, for instance, the House of Representatives is going to be in play for the entirety of this decade, very contrary to where it was in the past decade, where after the successful Republican gerrymandering that occurred in 2011 and in 2012, mm-hmm. uh, it was really difficult for you see what Democrats. I mean? They never gerrymandered. Well, of course they do. And they still did. Now, what he means by successful isn't really fair. He means the Democrats, through gerrymandering, limited their losses, even though there were three and a half million more Republican votes. You notice that nobody talks about this. There's three and a half million more Republican votes for the House of Representatives. And yet we lose a lot of these tight races because of redistricting that was fair. No, because of the Democrats. That's what they mean by fair if they win. 
so this McDaniel, who runs the RNC, she should be out. All these political consultants are always telling us what to think. They should be off television. All these paid pollsters and consultants, they should go broke. The party apparatus failed. Republican governors failed. They failed, except a couple. Except a couple. That's it. I'm not going to go back and bore you with the audio where we talked about this when it was happening in real time. And I said exactly the same thing. What's going on? We're getting our asses kicked. Because the articles were showing up that the Democrats were achieving. And so they call this fair. Whenever they can steal elections or change the system to benefit them, it's fair. Go ahead. Beth, I think Democrats will be able to take the House back as early as 2024, but it doesn't ensure what we have done doesn't ensure that Democrats are going to hold on to the House uh, for the entirety of the decade. It will be for the American people to decide. Fairness will reign in that determination. Now, notice. I think the Democrats will be able to take the House back as early as 2024. And then out of the other side of his mouth, fairness will reign. They've beaten us on redistricting. And the professional ruling class Republicans have failed us. That, to me, as a logical matter, is the primary reason why we didn't win more House seats. That's the primary reason. And that's the Republican apparatus failing us. That's Republican governors failing us. And they just don't play politics like the Democrats do. They don't know how to market issues. They don't know how to speak about issues. They don't know how to persuade people. And they don't know how to get things done. This is why DeSantis is so popular. Because he's willing to do things that others are not willing to do. Out of principle. Out of his values and his belief system. But when you don't have principles, values, or belief systems, <clears throat> excuse me, you're a rhino or a pseudo-conservative, you're not going to fight for these things. The Democrats fight for the advantage all the time. They're power-hungry. And when they get in power, they intend to keep it. So they figure out ways to keep it. Because they're driven by ideology. Tell me, what is the thought process, the philosophy that drives Mitt Romney? There is none. Susan Collins. Self-aggrandizement. That's not a political philosophy. Mitch McConnell. He just loves being the maestro. On the Titanic. I'm being quite serious. Now, Mitch McConnell said this at a news conference again today, and I'll ask him 500 times because they know he'll provide the same answer. Cut three, go. Uh, first, let me just say that uh, no, I didn't say that. anyone seeking the presidency who thinks that the Constitution <laughs> could somehow be suspended or not followed, it seems to me, would have a very hard time being sworn in. Uh, as president of the United so States. So he sat down with his staff and they came up with that line. Why does he keep saying that? 
Why does he keep trying to cut deals with Schumer but keeps trashing Trump? And do you think it'd be much different with DeSantis? McConnell's made clear over a long history what kind of Republican he wants. He wants people who are obedient to him. He wants people who stand for nothing. What is Mitch McConnell's legislative agenda? He still has none. To meet the Democrats on the 40-yard line. Whose 40-yard line, by the way? He's never really said. Probably theirs. But Republicans who stand for nothing do not motivate voters. And even worse, Republicans who claim to stand for something but really stand for nothing are worse than Democrats. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Tired of overpaying woke wireless companies? How about this? Get talk, text, and blazing fast data, just 30 bucks a month. Yes, on the same network, the same towers, with the same coverage as the other guys, but for half the price. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Hallelujah. Friends, this is great news. You can start saving today without having to sacrifice on coverage. How do I know? I'm a customer. Plus, listen to all the other benefits you get. A U.S.-based customer service team to make your switch even easier. You're supporting a veteran-owned business. And here's the best part. When you go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's right. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and you can be switched over in as little as 10 minutes. Switch to a company that shares your values. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, podcast, to save 50% off your first month. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Now, the... uh, The Biden administration now is starting to talk about anti-Semitism, but not in their party, of course. Um, But over at Breitbart, Zionist Organization of America, which really is the biggest organization in the country, slams White House anti-Semitism summit. Why? Morton Klein, who's a friend of mine, great guy, great patriot says they're exploiting Jew hatred for partisan gain. Morton Klein, president of the Zionist Organization of America, the oldest pro-Israel group in the United States, slammed Biden Monday for a so-called anti-Semitism summit that excludes conservative groups. The so-called roundtable to be held today is chaired by Second Gentleman Doug Emhoff, who is Jewish, and will discuss the threat of anti-Semitism in the wake of Kanye West's recent remarks and other incidents. How about in the wake of uh, Al Sharpton's past? Or members of the Congressional Black Caucus, or Talib, or Omar, of any of them? Can't we throw him, them in with uh, Kanye West? White House Press Secretary, who has a history of anti-Israel statements, said that the summit will include leaders of Jewish organizations fighting anti-Semitism. That represents the wide range of Jewish community from students to seniors, including reformed conservative Orthodox denominations. The conservative denomination is semi-traditional, but it's not politically conservative. As uh, Pollock points out, ZOA's Klein pointed out that his group, among others on the political right, have been excluded, despite the fact that ZOA has helped to lead the fight against anti-Semitism on college campuses and elsewhere. It's not despite, it's because of. 
He said the White House is hiding the list of invitees because ZOA is not on it. And neither are any other groups who have criticized left-wing anti-Semitism and Biden's hostile to Israel policies and appointments, such as the Coalition of Jewish Values or the Jewish Leadership Project. It's obvious that this is nothing but a partisan event exploiting Jew hatred and punishing critics of the administration's Mideast policies, and that the administration and Democrats are using Jews as a cudgel to beat their political opponents. So well said, and this guy's got the guts to say it. Much like me, I might add. Anti-Semitism is possibly, he says, the one position right-wing and left-wing extremists agree on. And politicizing the suffering of the Jewish people is inexcusable. ZOA has been the leading pro-Israel organization since half a century before the founding of the modern Jewish state. We led the campaign for including Jewish students under the protections of Title VI of the Civil Rights Act. In fact, we were alone for much of that battle. ZOA is strictly nonpartisan organization that fights Jew hatred regardless of its source. The White House should as well. Klein and the ZOA recently gave an award to former President Trump for his work on behalf of Israel and the Jewish people. And Klein later criticized Trump for a dinner he had with Kanye West. But notice the difference. You can't give an award to Biden or anybody around him for his work on behalf of Israel and the Jewish people. See the difference? The summit will also include Ambassador Susan Rice, who helped shape the anti-Israel policies of Barack Obama's administration. Anti-Semitism envoy Deborah Lipstadt, who I've written about, who defended comparing Donald Trump to Adolf Hitler. Former Atlanta mayor turned presidential advisor Keisha Lance Bottoms. Bottoms up. Jean Pelet added that Imhoff, the first Jewish person in his role, took a personal interest in the summit because he's in pain. Oh, okay. He's in pain. Well, let me ask you, does this pain the second... What do they call him? The second guy, the second... Does this pain the vice president's husband? This is from Free Beacon. I found this nowhere else. I didn't see it on my beloved Fox. I haven't heard it on my beloved radio. This is from Adam Crato, terrific guy. The Jewish factor, it's money. Biden ambassador, pick under fire for anti-Semitic tirades. So with this charade going on at the White House, as Morton Klein points out, well, what is Biden doing? The Biden administration's nominee to serve as the U.S. ambassador to Brazil spoke at length about the influence of Jewish money in politics, claiming, quote, the Jewish lobby, unquote, exerts undue influence over the Democratic Party and its major money, she says. Elizabeth Frawley Bagley, a longtime diplomat and Democrat Party insider, is scheduled tomorrow to have her nomination advanced to the full, actually two days from now, Thursday, to have the advance to the full Senate by the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. But Bagley's comments about Jewish money in politics, tropes long considered anti-Semitic in nature, are raising red flags among Democratic and Republican members of the committee. Bagley, in a 1998 interview, a full copy of which was obtained by the Free Beacon, bemoaned, quote, the influence of the Jewish lobby because there's major money involved. She went on to claim, quote, the Democrats always tend to go with the Jewish constituency on Israel and say stupid things like moving the capital to Jerusalem always comes up, unquote. Support for these Israel related issues are due to, quote, the Jewish factor. It's money. Does she not sound like Conway West, Mr. Producer? So they're electing a white, radical left wing 
female they're appointing to ambassador to Brazil. Who's a Kanye West? This is not at Mediate. This is not at the Drudge Report. This is not at any aggregator site. Why? Because Donald Trump didn't have lunch or dinner with her. But Biden's appointing her to an influential post. The interview was conducted by a historian at the Association for Diplomatic Studies and Training for an Oral History Project. Under a normal administration, this kind of vicious anti-Semitism would be disqualifying. You couldn't get hired as an intern, said one senior congressional Republican staffer. It speaks volumes that the Biden administration was confident enough to nominate Bagley and send her to the Senate for confirmation. They know that Democrats are going to fall on the line. Bagley opened up about the Jewish lobby and its impact on Democratic Party politics in that 1998 interview. She was asked about the Israeli influence on the Clinton administration when she was up serving as ambassador to Portugal. There's always the influence of the Jewish lobby because of their major money. I don't remember any major issues coming out on that besides the usual make Jerusalem the capital. This is an anti-Semitic administration just like the Obama administration. Tired of overpaying woke wireless companies? How about this? Get talk, text, and blazing fast data, just 30 bucks a month. Yes, on the same network, the same towers, with the same coverage as the other guys, but for half the price. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Hallelujah. Friends, this is great news. You can start saving today without having to sacrifice on coverage. How do I know? I'm a customer. Plus, listen to all the other benefits you get. A U.S.-based customer service team to make your switch even easier. You're supporting a veteran-owned business. And here's the best part. When you go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's right. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and you can be switched over in as little as 10 minutes. Switch to a company that shares your values. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, podcast, to save 50% off your first month. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Mark Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811. You know, the mind wanders and recycles during the breaks. Let me ask you a question. On this decision by this jury in Manhattan on the Trump Corporation that benefits were given to the chief financial officer and taxes weren't paid benefits that may be over a million dollars maybe 1.5, 1.7 million something to that effect according to the prosecution Let let me ask you a question I'm serious about this why would a company as large as the Trump organization a multi billion dollar company why would it go out of its way not to pay those taxes, Mr. Producer. It's paying federal income taxes. It's paying state income taxes. It's paying payroll taxes. It's got thousands of employees. It's got accountants up the wazoo, most of whom are reporting to this CFO. But why, why would Donald Trump and the Trump children say, you know what? Let's not pay those taxes. We'll pay all the other taxes, 
but not pay the taxes for, you know, the kids' private school. Isn't that ridiculous? Isn't this whole thing ridiculous? Like the documents? They wouldn't. And yet in the closing argument, even though Donald Trump was not on trial, this prosecutor acting for Alvin Bragg, the radical leftist who got his seat thanks to Soros, went on and on about Donald Trump. Even though Weisselberg's testimony, the CFO, did not implicate Trump or his children, the prosecutor, Joshua Steinglass, told the jury that Trump explicitly sanctioned, quote-unquote, tax fraud and urged them to reject the defense's argument that former Trump Organization CFO Weiselberg was a rogue employee motivated by his own personal greed. Said the whole narrative that Donald Trump is blissfully ignorant is just not true. Now, Trump's not there. The company's being defended. But it doesn't add up. It doesn't make any sense. The company's paying federal income taxes, state income taxes, property taxes, business taxes. The company is reporting whatever it pays to its subcontractors and contractors. The company is reporting and making payroll taxes. But in this case, they, they all collude, the, the Trump family, to prevent. And how much would it be in taxes? Half a million dollars? Now, that's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. But in the big scheme of thing, in a multi-billion dollar company, it's not. You got to look at it logically. It doesn't even make sense. Just like, oh, Trump took documents. They have the nuclear codes on them and the nuclear this. And look, and he's got Kanye West there and, uh, and this other guy. What's his ass? Fuentes. And he's got these documents there. They're in the same place. What do you make of that? Nothing. Don't make anything of that. But we got him now. And now we're going to subpoena all the state representatives. If this isn't a Stasi operation, I don't know what is. They tried to take Trump out. Washington did. Before he was elected. They tried to take him out during the campaign. They tried to take him out after the campaign. And now they think they got him. Now they think they have him. Those six years of tax returns, Congress is not going to use them to legislate for the reasons I told you. This Democrat Congress won't be around long enough in the House. So they'll leak them. What else will they do in them, America? They'll give them to the various prosecutors. They'll give them to the, to the Soros guy in Manhattan. Maybe they'll give them to the U.S. Attorney's Office because it's pile-on time. This is why I get so furious. If you believe in justice, equal justice. If you believe the government's completely out of control and that it's run by the Democrats to damage Trump or to damage Republicans or conservatives, then you have to be concerned about this. You just can't close your eyes to it and blow it off. And the media are not properly covering it and they have no intention of doing it. None. But why would they go out of their way not to pay for this company a measly amount of taxes? It's a measly amount of taxes. With knowledge. When they pay a fortune in taxes over the course of 13 years. They're talking about 13 years. 
13 years, the CFO got 1.7 or whatever it is. I may be off slightly, but not a lot. 13 years. Which amounts to what? a year, so they're going out of their way, exposing themselves, not to pay taxes on it? Seriously. I would also like to know how many of these prosecutors, assistant prosecutors, how many of their people and so forth, how many of them? How many of them report the use of government vehicles? Did Bill Barr report the use of government vehicles and pay taxes on them as attorney general? Or is there some kind of a protection there? How about Eric Holder? How about Bragg? How about Graves, the U.S. attorney in Washington? How about Jack Smith? The, uh, the war crimes hunter. Yeah, we got the best guy, the war crimes hunter. Rebuked by the Supreme Court. Nine to zero. Blinken. Remember him? It's always Blinken. Blinken. He's the putative Secretary of State. Elevates Palestinian claims to Jerusalem at J Street Conference. Now, J Street is an organization of mostly secularist, radical left-wing Democrat Jews. Unlike ZOA, Zionist Organization of America. It's more like the Anti-Defamation League, which is led by a gentleman who worked for Barack Obama and sat there day in and day out while Obama was trashing Israel. It's all right. They're left-wing Democrats. That's, That's their faith, as my wife would say. So this J Street is exactly what I'm telling you. It's a vile organization. Filled with self haters, in my opinion. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, of course, he goes to talk to them. Elevated Palestinian claims to Jerusalem. To Jerusalem. During a keynote speech on Sunday before the anti-Israel group J Street, which Blinken described as a remarkable organization. So here he speaks at this group. Doesn't merely have dinner. He speaks to them. While the Biden administration continues to recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital... It is central to the national visions of both Palestinians and Israelis. It must be a city for all its people, Blinken said. Why are they interfering in the internal sovereign affairs of another country? Do they do that with any other country? He also touted the Biden administration renewed engagement with the Palestinian government, which includes nearly $1 billion in U.S. taxpayer aid, and accused Israeli settlers, quote-unquote, of perpetrating violence against Palestinians. A line that drew applause from J Street's crowd. Israeli settlers. Tell me, are the Native Americans in our country settlers? Or are they the indigenous peoples? Well, how come the Jews are settlers and they're not the indigenous peoples? In Judea and Samaria. Can somebody explain that to me? The Secretary's comments about Israel raised eyebrows with pro-Israel leaders in Congress, particularly as the Biden administration seeks to elevate diplomatic ties with the Palestinian government by reopening a Palestinian affairs consulate in the city. So they want to open this consulate in Jerusalem for the Palestinians to treat them as a separate country. We give them hundreds of millions of dollars Because Biden is 
bypassing and violating the Teller Force Act. Teller Force was an American citizen, a West Point graduate, a military vet who was murdered in a Palestinian terrorist attack and who receives, the killer and the family, a pension by the Palestinians for killing an American. Donald Trump said, no, enough of that, and signed that law. Biden has all but rescinded it. But Trump's the anti-Semite. Biden is the, is the new Moses. This decision is drawing accusations. The administration is working with the Palestinians to erode Israel's sovereignty over the city. Maybe Israel should not recognize Washington as our capital, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe they should say, no, we don't recognize Washington. Philadelphia, that's your capital. What are you talking about? Well, better yet, New York was the original. New York's your capital. No, no, it's what? No, we, we don't recognize it. It's, it. it's New York. So they don't mind intervening and interfering. And by the way, the Biden administration is doing everything it can to prevent the religious Jews from getting ministerial positions in the new Netanyahu government. So they're interfering constantly. But of course, when it comes to Syria, Jordan, when it comes to Saudi Arabia and all the rest of it, they dare not interfere. Matter of fact, he kisses the ass of the inbred in Saudi Arabia. And they're begging, begging the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran to build nuclear weapons. We understand you're terrorists. We understand you're slaughtering your own people. Just wait until we get a deal. Just wait. That's the Biden administration policy. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Tired of overpaying woke wireless companies? How about this? Get talk, text, and blazing fast data, just 30 bucks a month. Yes, on the same network, the same towers, with the same coverage as the other guys, but for half the price. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Hallelujah. Friends, this is great news. You can start saving today without having to sacrifice on coverage. How do I know? I'm a customer. Plus, listen to all the other benefits you get. A U.S.-based customer service team to make your switch even easier. You're supporting a veteran-owned business. And here's the best part. When you go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's right. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and you can be switched over in as little as 10 minutes. Switch to a company that shares your values. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, podcast, to save 50% off your first month. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Next hour, we're planning on having, when his plane lands, hopefully, Mark Meckler, the leader of Convention of States. He's a good man. He'll also give us an update on on how we're doing there. This is a very, very important, very, very important movement, as you know, and the millions and millions of you who have been participating in this and reading about it and listening about it. I'm not going to do this every second of, of this show, but with 37% of the vote in in Georgia, Warnock has 55.3, Walker has 44.7. Still very early, 
A lot of the early votes, of course, come from Democrats. What I always fear is in a close election, you have the harvesting, you have the curing, even if it's not legal, there's a lot of that that goes on. And the Democrats know it, the media know it. But slowly but surely, Walker has been nudging his way up. So just to round it off, it's about, uh, uh, no, it's 55.3 to 44.7 right now. Um, A ton of votes that haven't been counted yet, with 37% of the vote in. We shall see how that flies over time. All right, Mr. Producer, let's take a caller. Do we have a good caller? Yes. The great WABC, Rob in Manhattan. Go right ahead, please. Hello, Mark. Hello. There's certainly a reason why they call you the great one. Well, you're very kind, mostly um, because Hannity I hope we started. Have a co- <laughs> it, was a good, it was a good thing to start. Um, I hope I get a couple of minutes with you because uh, sure. I really want to open this can of worms. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, this... Th- this is like the latest and greatest version 2.0 of mass formation psychosis that we have going on in this country and probably globally, as far as I know. Well, these elections shouldn't even be that close to begin with, you know. Um, and then and American people, you know, they're exposed to certain documentaries and movies like about the Bolsheviks and Nazi revolution or Schindler's List. And they'll always expose you to the atrocities, right? But they never expose or never talk about the decades to two decades leading up to said atrocities, you know, um, where people, you know, if you come from a family like I do had who, who my grandparents escaped from Germany, uh, many years ago, you know, that you hear stories about how you would whisper at your own dinner table in fear that maybe somebody could be listening at the window. And if that, that should sound familiar to people because, you know, when we're experiencing that now with the cancel, you can't say people, are, it's a profound fear to, for people to speak out. And, and it, it, it completely quel- quelches, you know, in, in such a profound way, the society. We, we have to somehow re-educate the society because we left it up to the, uh, the, the, the communist school boards for the last 50 years in this country. And they've been, they made it, they made damn good well and sure to destroy and turn people's brains into marshmallows, essentially, you know. Yeah, you're right. And same with colleges and universities, same with the media, where these uh, where these hosts and phony news po- types come from. And uh, then they, they protect themselves with tenure. They protect themselves with seniority. And then they populate all the cultural institutions. That's exactly what's going on right now, which makes the which makes the fix, if you will, very, very complicated and difficult. Thank you for your call, my friend. We have a very important hour coming up, ladies and gentlemen. Don't miss it. Uh, let's see. 38% of the vote in, 55.3. Warnock, 44.7. Walker, a lot of voting left to count. We'll be right back. In this economy, we all need as much help as we can get. If you own a business, you're looking for ways to survive. Innovation refunds can help. Small business owners, please listen up. You could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee. Now, this isn't a loan. There's no payback. It's a refund of your taxes. Go to GetRefunds.com. Their tax attorneys are highly trained in this little-known payroll tax refund program and have already returned $1 billion to businesses, and they can help you, too. 
Go to GetRefunds.com. They do all the work with no charge up front. They simply charge a percentage of the cash that they get for you. Go to GetRefunds.com. Click on Qualify Me and answer a few questions. It's that simple. Now, this payroll tax refund is only available for a very limited amount of time. So check it out right away. GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Can you believe, Mr. Producer? Somebody today called me sophomoric. My goodness. Well, I can be from time to time, so be it. We're not all perfect, are we, Mr. Producer? <laughs> well, no, no, we're not. So what happened? We were here Friday. We were live reading the tweeting that was taking place with uh, Matt Taibbi on the Elon Musk Twitter, and I want to say again, what a uh, what a hero Elon Musk is for putting where his billions where his mouth is. We have many billionaires who don't do that. On the left, they always do it, but not but not conservatives or even non-conservatives, just not leftists. And he's taking a lot of heat for supporting free speech. It's an amazing thing, but you can see the tyranny that's taking place and swirling around us and the totalitarian mindset of the Democrats and their media. So what happened exactly? So Taibbi tells us. He put this out today. On Friday, the first installment of the Twitter files was published here, his site. We expected to publish more over the weekend. Many wondered why there was a delay. We can now tell you part of the reason why. On Tuesday, Twitter Deputy General Counsel and former FBI General Counsel Jim Baker was fired. Among the reasons? Vetting the first batch of Twitter files without knowledge of new management. In other words, here you have this Trump hater, the former General Counsel of the FBI, worked with Comey and McCabe and the rest of them. He was the Deputy General Counsel of Twitter. And he was the one vetting the first batch of the Twitter files, and Elon Musk and his team didn't even know he was doing it. Well, it's a big company. you got to find out who's doing what, you see. The process for producing the Twitter files involved delivery to two journalists, Barry Weiss and me, he writes, by way of a lawyer close to new management. However, after the initial batch, things became complicated. Hmm. Over the weekend... While we both dealt with obstacles to new searches, it was Barry Weiss who discovered that the person in charge of releasing the files was someone named Jim. When she called to ask Jim's last name, the answer came back, Jim Baker. My jaw hit the floor, says Weiss, Barry Weiss. The first batch of files both reporters received was marked Spectra Baker emails. Baker's a controversial figure. 
writes Taibbi. He's been something of a zealot of FBI controversies dating back to 2016. From the Steele dossier to the Alpha server mess, he resigned in 2018 after an investigation into leaks to the press. The news that Baker was reviewing the Twitter files surprised everyone involved, to say the least. Yeah, it's pretty damn shocking. New Twitter chief Elon Musk acted quickly to exit Baker Tuesday. In other words, kicked his ass out. Reporters resumed searches through Twitter files material, a lot of it today. The next installment of the Twitter files will appear with Barry Weiss. Stay tuned. And Elon Musk has said more to come. Now, these people are doing a great service to the nation. I was never a fan of Matt Taibbi. He used to take shots and I used to shoot back. But nonetheless, nonetheless, you're doing a good job, I give credit. You're doing a bad job, I give discredit, from my perspective, for sure. And I think this has been done very, very well. And it does show the, the hand of the FBI involved and this administration involved. Of course, that will not be part of any special counsel investigation. The influence over the election. They just care about Trump and his people. they got to serve time, you see. we got to show... Show the American people nobody's above the law except the people who are who are phonies claiming to enforce it. Now, with this in mind, I've already set up my Sunday show. We're going to get into this and a hell of a lot more with Peter Schweitzer and Miranda Devine. Have they ever been on the same program together, Mr. Producer? Not together, separately, but they're going to be on the same program, my show. I don't think so. And we're going to dig very, very deep into all of this. The laptop, the Biden crime family, the media, Twitter, all of it. You're not going to want to miss it. I know it's only Tuesday night. But you ought to go ahead and set your DVRs for 8 p.m. Eastern time. You know, one of the things that irks me, I tell you folks almost everything. I really do. So my show is... 8 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday, right? So we're up against Sunday night football. Nobody else has to put up with this because the game starts at 8.15, right? And then in the middle of my show, there's an advertisement for Yellowstone with Kevin Costner, Rich, whose show is on exactly the same time as my show. You hear what I'm saying? Yellowstone's being advertised during my show while it's competing with my show. My show is not being advertised in the middle of Yellowstone, I don't think. So that's going to hurt ratings, obviously, for my show when we're up against Sunday Night Football. Plus, you have a competing program that's advertising within my program. It's crazy. That's why I'm saying, please try and watch it live. I think it's worth it. I only do it once a week. I'm not one of these guys that has a show five days a week. Why? Because I don't want one. I got too much going on. But I do have the one for one hour on Sundays. If you can't watch it live, you can DVR the program. That's the way you can get around it. It's like podcasts getting around preemptions on radio and stuff like that. Or you can watch things if you're not going to be able to watch it live or listen to this show live. You now have an alternative. The same with 
TV. You can DVR the show. Very easy to do. But this has happened like two weeks, and I'm going, what the hell's going on here? Between that and the erectile dysfunction commercials, I don't know, Mr. Producer. Very strange, I think. And nonetheless, that's, uh, that's that situation. A precedent in modern history for outgoing House majority passing omnibus appropriations bill on lame duck session. This is from a gentleman by the name of Eric Teasel. Or Teetzel, rather, excuse me. He's a uh, big muckety-muck over at the Heritage Foundation. There's no precedent in modern history for outgoing House majority passing omnibus appropriations bill in a lame duck session. You got that? It's expected to be a busy time on Capitol Hill for Democrats as they seek to take as much ground as possible before Republicans take the speaker's gavel, if they ever do. Never before has the outgoing House majority passed an omnibus appropriations bill during the lame duck session following the election. It can only happen, America, if Mitch McConnell and the Republicans in the Senate allow it. If they allow it. It's official. Republicans have won a majority in the U.S. House. The clock is ticking on the 117th Congress, whose final session, an infamous lame duck session, recently commenced. But what's happening now, ladies and gentlemen, is Pelosi's trying to ram through as much as she possibly can. Since 1994, control of the House has changed hands in four midterm election cycles. 94, 06, 10, and 18. Never before has the outgoing House majority passed an omnibus appropriations bill during the lame duck session following the election. Never. The precedent is clear in modern American history. No Congress has passed an omnibus appropriations bill during such a session following a shift in power in the House to do so this year be a violation of congressional precedent and a finger in the eye of the millions of Americans who voted for new leadership in the House. Won't matter. They don't care. And neither does McConnell. And neither does McConnell. Now, I am told, little birdie told me, actually it's a big birdie, and if he had wings he'd be flopping on the ground. But I was told that McConnell's having difficulty with his negotiations with Schumer. He wants a big omnibus deal. He wants to use the Democrats to pass a massive spending bill. But they want spending even beyond what McConnell wants, which is massive. And things in there that he can't seem to get out. So he might still go for it. I want to caution you. Why? Because he hates conservatives. He hates Republicans. That's why he hates us. Feelings mutual, by the way. And so he wants to, to the extent he can, as you know, he wants to the extent he can to work with the Democrats because they're big spenders too and the whole establishment of Washington thing. But more and more I'm told he's looking at a continuing resolution for a short period of time if he can't get what he wants. Notice how the other Republicans in the Senate, particularly the conservatives, don't get to participate in spending and budgeting. You notice? They get to vote up or down. That's it. That's it. Well, that's how McConnell operates. That's why they love him and the press inside the Beltway, even the so-called conservative press, the pseudo-conservative press, always praising him. He will save us from the nuts, you know, the conservatives. Be right back. Mark Lovin. 
colleges of a serious ideological diversity problem, new survey shows. Now, I, I suspect you knew this. But these are called facts. Colleges and universities. What is this, from Campus Reform? No, College Fix. College Fix. Colleges and universities are obsessed with racial diversity. But a new analysis provides even more proof that our higher education system is a different and arguably more important diversity problem, a woeful dearth of intellectual diversity. College Fix analyzed a sample of 65 academic departments across seven universities. They found more than half of the departments had zero Republican professors. All told, 92% of the professors at these departments identified as Democrats, meaning there was an 11 to 1 ratio of Democratic to Republican professors, and you're paying all their salaries. This analysis can't necessarily stand in for all colleges, but it's quite similar to the figures other analyses have come up with. The general takeaway is clear. Higher education is overwhelmingly dominated by ideological liberals with a real shortage of differing perspectives on most campuses. These results should be another wake-up call that higher education is severely biased and broken, concluded College Fix Editor-in-Chief Jennifer Cabani. Higher education is one of the most important battlegrounds for the heart, soul, and mind of the nation. This doesn't come as a surprise. As the writer says, I experienced this and witnessed at the University of Massachusetts Amherst during my college experience. Now, what about intellectual diversity? Here's the problem, folks. These are American Marxists. These colleges are the breeding ground for tenured Marxist professors. They're the breeding ground for the indoctrination and brainwashing of the Marxist agenda customized to this country. They do not want intellectual diversity. They do not want a competition of ideas. They do not want academic freedom but for themselves to impose their will. They know Marxism as well as I know Marxism. It's not about diversity of views. It's about uniformity. And it's about forcing conformity. That's what it's about. It's about devouring, devouring intellectualism and replacing it with roteism. That's what's going on on our college campuses. So if your kids have a way of making a living in a different way or advancing themselves in a different way, as many do, and you're finding that out, those of you who homeschool or you find alternative schools to the government-run propaganda mills at the, at the school district level, then you ought to use them. Because many people send their kids into these meat grinders, and when they come back, they're totally different. And it ruins your family. Not just the holidays, it ruins your family. And that's the intent. The government and its surrogates coming between you and your children. Now they're starting it younger and younger, obviously, in elementary schools and middle schools and high schools. But that's exactly what's taking place. And so you have to be mindful of this, and most of you are, but you have to be mindful of this. 
Now, Joy Reid on MSLSD, we are monitoring the election. You know what? Screw Joy Reid. I'm not talking about Joy Reid. We're monitoring the election. Mr. Producer, what percentage of the vote is in now? Yeah. Wow. 50% of the vote in. Warnock, 52%. Walker, 48%. It's tightening. But Walker needs a decent-sized lead going into the into the final stretch, because otherwise, otherwise we know what happens. The Democrats turn out votes. Well, look at this, what we found. What? Don't question it. What, are you an election denier? Yeah. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, the modern voice of the founding fathers. This is the Mark Levin Show. Dial in now at 877-381-3811. I would argue that Convention of States is and has been the most important grassroots movement in the country. And in many respects, it's thanks to my guest, Mark Meckler, a veteran of the Tea Party movement as well. He has millions of members of the Convention of States. He's got an enormous number of volunteers working overtime day in and day out. It is um, authority that is granted by the Constitution to we the people and the state legislatures as really the only way to deal with a, a rogue federal government because they knew the federal government would never fix itself, let alone Congress. And it's a very, very important movement, so much so that Tom Coburn, one of the great conservatives of all time, committed the final years of his life to this movement and called it the only movement that can save the country. Rick Santorum is now committing his life to this movement, as are others. And, of course, Mark has done that, and his family. How are you, Mark Meckler? I am well, Mark. It's always good to be with you, my friend. Well, Mark, same here. Now, Andy Biggs, um, tell us the history of Andy Biggs in the Senate of Arizona, what he did and how he did it. Yeah, I think this is really important because I think what what folks like you and I are looking for are real conservatives. Real conservatives stand for the Constitution, the whole Constitution. They stand for taking power away from Washington, D.C. I just happen to be in Arizona right now, Mark, and it brings back memories because if you go back to 2015, 16, 17, Andy Biggs was the Senate president in Arizona back then. We had the votes to pass the Convention of States Resolution. We had the whip count. And as the Senate president, Andy Biggs simply refused to let a vote happen. So not only was he opposed to it, uh, and not only was he aligned with groups like Common Cause and Center on Budget and Policy Priorities and MoveOn.org and Planned Parenthood, he was aligned with all those groups against Convention of States, but he simply refused to allow his caucus to vote. And not until he made it to Congress and was out of the Arizona Senate did we get it passed? And then we got it immediately passed because that's what the people of Arizona wanted. So they were ready to go, and one man blocks it. And uh, then he also writes this screed, the con of the con-cons, which is basically what the radical left says about Convention of States and that aspect of our Constitution, is it not? Oh, it's identical. In fact, it, you know, you could lay his book over the book that was just released by Russ Feingold, the former socialist senator from Wisconsin who wrote a book attacking Convention of States, 
Uh, I mean, literally, he and Andy Biggs could sit down over a cup of coffee or tea or whatever, and they could compare notes, and they are in total agreement. And, and so I got to ask anybody who's a conservative that looks at Andy Biggs, how can you align yourself with a man and, and you want this guy to be speaker when on this issue he is perfectly aligned with every single radical leftist communist America-hating baby-killing group in the United States of America? And, and let me ask you this, too. Um... He seems to be an angry opponent of the Convention of States. So in other words, when I say, hey, look, you don't have an alternative. You have an alternative. Who is it? Jim Jordan doesn't want to do it. He's backing. We got to get going here. In other words, we got the FBI, the Department of Justice, the border. Any bigs can't get a majority of the vote. None of the rest of them can. So he uses this Washington uh, uh rope-a-dope argument that I'm saying that Kevin McCarthy's this big right winger. Did I say that, Mark Meckler? No, I don't remember saying not. that. No, look, it's it's dishonest, and that's my experience with Andy Biggs. He's making a dishonest presentation of your position. You and I have the same position, which is, hey, we may not like reality, but reality is reality. Andy Biggs is not going to be elected speaker. Uh, at most, he could get a handful of votes. This is a game he's playing. He's misleading the American public, just like he did on Convention of States. Mm-hmm. It's another concern I have. Let's say we get the 34 state legislatures and they send the the document or the whatever we want to call it, the petition to Congress, which is supposed to be a ministerial act because they shall approve it so they can hold their convention. If Biggs were the Speaker of the House, he might sit on that the way he sat on it. That is the issue is the uh, president of the Senate in uh, Arizona. No. I mean, certainly he might try. He clearly doesn't respect the Constitution. He only respects the parts that he likes, that, you know, he thinks he's wiser than the framers of the Constitution. So he could try to do that, Mark. The good news is that the states have the authority to gather, even if Congress doesn't do it. But he could definitely try to get in the way. One thing I want to bring up, Mark, there's an important part of the history here. This is a guy who writes regularly for The New American, which is a John Birch Society publication, it's important, and this goes way back, Mark. You'll, re- you'll remember this as well as anybody. The John Birch Society was chased out of the legitimate conservative movement by Goldwater, by Reagan, and by Buckley himself as a bunch of fringe lunatics that were going to destroy the conservative movement. That's who Andy Biggs stands for. And, of course, they oppose Convention of States, don't they? Oh, of course they do. You know, all 15 of them living in their caves around the United States. They oppose Convention of States along with Andy Biggs, and he's one of their prime heroes. And, you know, the thing is, Mark Meckler, even if he opposed Convention of States, the idea that he would use his position as president of the Senate in Arizona to prevent all the other senators from voting aye or nay, that's that's abuse of power, is it not? It really isn't. And that was my position with him. And that's what when I tried to talk reason with Andy Biggs, my position was, look, you can vote against it. You can speak against it. I I respect that if you're against it. But the bottom line is allow the vote. The people of Arizona want it. The senators in your caucus want it. And he literally just it's called a desk veto there, just kept it in his desk and he would never allow it to even be debated. That's tyranny. That's the tyranny of a king. Now, the thing is, if Kevin McCarthy becomes speaker and they get these committees operating, they got to get him operating as fast as possible. There's a clock ticking. God knows what's going to happen in two years. 
And if it turns out the Republican leadership is a failed or they're this, that, or the other, then we take on the Republican leadership like we always have in the Tea Party or Convention of States. Isn't that the way to deal with this? That is the way to deal with this, Mark. And again, I think some people don't like this, but you have to deal with political reality. I want to make really clear, I'm not a fan of Kevin McCarthy's. I don't want Kevin McCarthy to be speaker, but that's really where things are right now. And we have to deal with political reality. And I think it's fraudulent when a guy like Andy Biggs pretends that he's got some chance to be elected as speaker. And so he's going to attack you and say that you support Kevin McCarthy and you're in favor of Kevin McCarthy. Again, I'd like him to point out where you ever said that, because he's posting things saying that you are in favor of Kevin McCarthy. Well, I'm in favor of getting this vote done. And uh, that's for sure. And I'll tell you one thing that is true about Kevin McCarthy. More than Boehner and Paul Ryan combined, he does reach out to conservatives. Doesn't mean he's us. I mean, he's got a hundred moderates he's got to deal with, right? So I'm not into that. If he's willing to put Jim Jordan as chairman of judiciary, this guy Como is apparently good on the oversight committee, and he's willing to put conservatives on other committees like like a Boehner would not and Paul Ryan would not. Right there, there's a bit of a difference, don't you think? I think it's a huge difference. And, you know, you said something really important. Look, people like us, we look at Jim Jordan and say, well, maybe we could get a Jim Jordan as speaker. Well, Jordan says he's not running, period. You know, people tried to he's push backing him into McCarthy. Running. That's right. He's backing McCarthy. I have a lot of faith in Jim Jordan. I really like him. I'm excited about Jim Jordan as chairman of judiciary. I think we're going to see some real action there. And the problem is, when you, if you play this process out with a quote-unquote, and you've got a four, five, six-vote lead and you've got these moderate or even liberal republicans who are talking about fred upton for god's sakes as a possible speaker uh i don't trust these liberal and moderate republicans to do any good here i tr- i don't trust them as far as i could throw them do you i don't and what biggs is doing is he's giving leverage to the worst among the republicans and potentially limited leverage to the democrats if you get the worst Republicans conspire with a bunch of Democrats to elect the most liberal Republican they possibly can. We could end up with something a whole lot worse than McCarthy. And that's the fire that Andy Biggs is playing with. And we wouldn't run these committees with the chairman. They wouldn't. Let me ask you this, just for the audience. How many members do you have at Convention of States? Well, there are uh, 2.6 million have signed the petition, but over 5 million now have expressed their support in one way or another all over the country, Mark. We've got folks in every single state legislative district, in every congressional district. We're involved in over 450 state and local level elections all over the country. We're pretty much everywhere. And 19 states so far, right, state legislatures? That's correct. 19 states have passed it. I think we have six or seven in the dock for next year. Just incredible. And you, we, we're all going to come under attack the closer we get, and we can hardly afford to have a uh, Benedict Arnold among our ranks joining with them, quoted by the radical left media about, but even this guy is opposed to it. I mean, that is problematic, don't you think? It is. I mean, you got to understand, when a guy like Andy Biggs is the darling of the radical left media, as he is right now, that ought to tell people something. So if you're a conservative and you see Andy Biggs, and he's saying things that sound conservative, you got to ask yourself, why is the radical leftist media constantly quoting him? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, if people want to get in touch with Convention of States or get involved in Convention of States, Mark Meckler, where do they go? 
Go to conventionofstates.com, sign the petition, and then most importantly, Mark, click the Take Action tab because you got to do what Mark Levin has done. you got to be involved. you got to be aggressive because we're in the fight of our lives to save our country at conventionofstates.com. And by the way, a tax-deductible donation, folks. You either give it to Uncle Sam or you give it to this tremendous cause. And this is the cause. What did Tom Coburn say, Mark Meckler, about Convention of States? He said it was the only way to save the country. He left the United States Senate two years early because he felt like he couldn't save the country from the Senate and he wanted to do something useful with the rest of his life. He said this was the only way, and he did indeed dedicate the rest of his life to accomplishing this. And remember when we sat down with uh, the Heritage Foundation, I won't get into the names of the people sitting there, and there you were, and there Tom was, there I was, there were a few other people, and we couldn't convince oh, yeah. them, could we? Remember? We, we couldn't, but i got to tell you, Mark, you know, it's still under wraps a little bit, but they're moving in the right direction. They have new leadership there at Heritage, so I'm, I'm optimistic that they're moving in the right direction. And who are some of the other prominent people who are supporters of uh, Convention of States? There's a number of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, like you have Jim DeMint, who came out of the Senate, a real conservative that went to work for us. Obviously, Tom Coburn, uh, one of the nation's uh, favorites right now. Ron DeSantis is a supporter of Convention of States. Uh, you've got Ron Johnson from Wisconsin is a supporter of Convention of States. So a lot of political figures. Uh, a lot of other talkers, so i got to say, Mark, I, I can't even mention their names because they don't compare to you and their support for Convention of States. And also, um, you got, you've got some top legal minds as well, and, uh, and philosophical thinkers and so forth. So uh, you've done a hell of a job, Mark Meckler, and your whole team. It was an honor to be with you folks in October, and they have real hardworking volunteers, America, all over this country. And so that's why when you have one guy who stands in the way for a Senate and just decides he's not for it because he's too dumb to understand it, that's problematic. You agree? Yeah, it is problematic. And, look, I was glad to see him go to Congress because we were able to pass there in Arizona immediately as soon as he was gone. But he's now a problem in Congress, and people just need to know that he's not what he pretends to be. This is not a true constitutional conservative. All right, Mark Meckler, God bless you, my friend, and keep up the tremendous patriotic work, you and all your, your members. God bless, brother. God bless you, too, Mark. Thanks. And we'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage 
all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I just want the uh, Democrats in Washington dressed up as FBI agents and prosecutors and the media. I want you to understand something. You do not represent the millions of people who are MAGA, who are conservatives, who are just sick and tired of the lawlessness taking place in our government. Don't misread us. Don't misread us. And think you can drop any indictments you want without comment. It's simply not the case. People are going to be disgusted and appalled and and it'll create a fissure in this country like we've never had before. Despite your, your efforts by disgruntled former Trump employees, disgruntled former Trump administration officials, or given platforms all over media, including conservative media, don't misjudge and don't misread. This will create a fissure in this country like never before. Like never before. And no amount of media propaganda or press releases from the Attorney General or press conferences will change a damn thing. Now this isn't going to help you. 51% for Walker right now, 49% for Warnock, 63% of the vote in. I have no idea where this is coming from. And the problem is Atlanta and the surrounding counties in Atlanta, that's half the state, and then the rest of the state is the other half. So uh, if most of the vote out of Atlanta and suburbs haven't come in, that's bad news. If a big chunk of it has come in, it's good news. Or maybe we're just in a position right now where it's uh, deadlock. So I can't really help you. That's the situation. Let's go to Earl in Philadelphia on the Mark Levin app. Earl, go for it, baby. Thanks for the call, Mark. Um Last hour, you were talking about Trump and his taxes, and I have three points that I want to make. First off, they said Trump should have known better. If I remember correctly, there was a story where I think it was the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee was accused of tax fraud because he owned Caribbean properties and he wasn't paying taxes on the rental that he got on these properties. His excuse was, I didn't know I had to pay the taxes, even though, as the chairman of the House and Ways and Means Committee, he wrote the tax law in the first place. Hilarious, I remember. Uh, my second point is that um, the Clintons refiled several years' worth of taxes. Now, I think it might have been for the Clinton Global Initiative. I don't remember. But the point is, the Clintons filed several years of fraudulent tax returns, and they were given the opportunity to fix them. But no one mm-hmm. said to Trump, hey, you uh, owe money uh, on this, uh, these money transfers. You need to f- pay taxes on these. And they'd never given the opportunity. Last. They criticized Trump for overvaluing his We have to go. Problem. I apologize. I apologize. But good call. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, the freedom fighters all over the world. And I thank you, my audience. God, God has blessed me with you. Cross your fingers for a walker over Warnock. It'll be a tough one. I'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.